0: Good morning. Merry Christmas. My name is Ben, if we've not met before. um, And I'm not the pastor. I'm not the pastor here. Our pastor Simon is in South Africa visiting his in-laws with his family. And so I get the privilege of sharing a brief message this morning. I'm not going to talk very long. We're going to get on with our Christmas celebrations. But I'm really excited. I, if you know me, you know that I love Christmas. Christmas is the season of the year where I always overdo it. I celebrate so much, and I go to all the parties, and I do all the different Christmassy things, and I have a great time. Uh, but Christmas to me is um, not just a really fun time to celebrate and to go to different activities and to visit with friends and family. Um, I'm actually like I'm I'm really interested in and captivated by the story that we've been telling all morning through the reading of scripture and the singing of songs, and I'm I'm just I'm so happy to be able to talk about that with us all this morning. You know, there's a story that I've been thinking about that comes from the Provence region of France, and it's a story of the shepherds who came to visit Jesus. It's a folk tale. And uh, this version of the shepherds coming to Jesus, um, there are four of them, and one of them, the smallest one, is a, is a little man named L'Enchante. He's the smallest and the youngest, and he's kind of a doofus. He um, he doesn't really have it all together. He's very absent-minded. He's kind of clumsy. He's pretty and perfect. He's actually a lot like um, most of us in this room, which is a great place to start with a Christmas story, I feel, because because... So often we have these like really high expectations for Christmas, right? For what family time is going to be, what the day is going to feel like, what the service at church is going to be like. Um, and what I've realized is that no one among us is actually as perfect as our expectations for Christmas, right? So, like, I might think my family should be a certain way or that our time together should be, but nobody in that group is actually as perfect as my expectations are. And so, it's helpful for me to recognize, like, oh, yeah, let's enter the story recognizing that I'm, I'm a lot like L'Enchante. And uh, these four shepherds go to visit Jesus, and three of them are bringing provisions, um, some fresh eggs from the fields and the farms, some cheese, some bread, all kinds of provisions that the young parents and the baby might need. But L'Enchante characteristically forgets, and he shows up empty-handed and the shepherds, the three older shepherds are all talking with Mary and Joseph and giving their gifts and saying um, I hope that things go well for you and if you need anything else just please let us know we're really, really happy to help you and we'll come check in on you again and you know you've actually done some nice things with this stable and it doesn't look too bad and it's kind of cozy and warm and I see you've hung up this little sheet here to keep the draft away from the manger and this is just a really nice space you've created and I really just, I wish you well in your parenting journey with this child and then suddenly they go, where'd L'Enchante go? Oh no. What's he gotten into now? And they go looking around the stable and they pull back the curtain that's kind of keeping the draft away from the manger, from the little creche. And they see L'Enchante kneeling at the side of the manger saying over and over and over in adoration, Jesus, 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 Jesus. L'enchante means the enchanted one, the one on whom a spell has been cast, the one completely captivated, the enchanted. And, and he seems to be, of all the shepherds, perhaps he's the one that forgot a gift, perhaps he's the one that, that didn't show up on time, didn't do what he was supposed to do, didn't say what he was supposed to say, disappeared in the middle of the small talk. He didn't, he wasn't a great guest at the Christmas party in that manger in that stable on the first Christmas. But he was kneeling at the manger in adoration. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Completely enchanted and drawn to this baby. This story has sort of been echoing around in my mind the last few weeks. partly because of this book right here that um, just came out this year. It's called Winter Fire. It's a collection of Christmas readings by my all-time favorite author, a guy named G.K. Chesterton. And G.K. Chesterton has this pretty famous saying about Jesus, about about the coming of Jesus, specifically like like the baby Jesus. And he says this. He says that that Jesus is not just a summer sun for the prosperous, but also a winter fire for the unrighteous unfortunate he's not just a summer son for those who are like life is good I'm so ready to sing joy to the world see some of us came into this room and we're like yes joy to the world and some of us we started singing that song and we were like um I'm still thinking about what I need to do later today and how it's going to go with my family but yeah I'll sing it and some of us came in and being like what joy what are you talking about joy to the world and G.K. Chesterton is insistent. He says that Jesus is not just the summer sun for the prosperous. He's the winter fire for the unfortunate. And you get this sense that as L'Enchante and the shepherds come to visit Jesus, that he is drawn to this little be- this little baby like to a fire on a cold winter's night. That he gets close, really close, close enough to receive warmth, to receive comfort, to receive a sense of belonging. And home from this winter fire, the baby Jesus. And I think that, um, you know, G.K. Chesterton isn't just making this up because all through the scriptures, Jesus is talked about as like a lamp and a light and a flame and, and this sort of thing in the darkness that is not only bright, but it is warm, something we can get close to not only to see, but to receive some sort of comfort and hope and, and warmth from in the book of Isaiah, chapter 9, it says that the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in a land of deep, deep darkness, a great light has dawned. And it's referring to the coming of Jesus. It's dark and then light. The writer Wendell Berry says of the coming of Jesus, it gets, it gets darker and darker and darker throughout the winter, and then Jesus is born. And there's this sense of the breaking through of the darkness with light. In John chapter 1, the the disciple of Jesus, John, reflects on the coming of Jesus. And he says, in him was life. And that life was the light of all humankind. And you know what that light did? It shined in the darkness. And the darkness cannot, has not, shall not overcome it. So Jesus is the light shining in the dark, the light of life he's referred to, right? Jesus himself in John chapter 8 says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. Jesus is that candle flame, that winter fire that we can come close to. That if we open our eyes and slow down the pace of our breathing and pay attention for even just a few moments, we might find ourselves, like L'Enchante, drawn in to this winter fire, this light of life, this Jesus. And that's such a valuable thing for us to recognize, especially because so many of us come to Jesus like L'Enchante going, I should have more to offer. I forgot again. Like I forgot to bring all my Christmas best. I forgot to bring all the things that you bring a newborn. I forgot to give him his birthday gifts. I forgot to do all the things I didn't show up properly. And yet, we too can be drawn towards this winter fire in total adoration and become ourselves the enchanted ones. The amazing thing about this winter fire for the unfortunate is that nothing is required but to adore, but to be enchanted, but to allow ourselves to come close and receive the warmth of his presence. That's such good news. I love the message that the angels bring to the shepherds to say peace on earth and goodwill to all people. Because why? God's favor is upon you. God's favor is upon the shepherds, the working class, the the not so smart ones the Chantees, God's favor is upon them. Why? Just because it is. Like, why do we get this winter fire? Because he chose to come. And I get this confused all the time. I'm like, Jesus, I really want your presence, but I know X, Y, Z in my life is not how it should be. Or I know, like, I'm coming to you really distracted. And so I really got to get myself focused before I know you'll really show up. And on all these things, what I'm doing is standing outside the curtain with Mary and Joseph chatting about all the logistics talking about what it means to raise a baby and how can I help and what can I do? Can I do something for you? And behind the curtain, the baby Jesus is just there providing warmth, comfort, the light of life if I will dare to go behind that veil and just adore Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus is the winter fire, the light of the world. But then there's this odd thing where Jesus, being the light of the world, being that winter fire, begins to talk as he grows up with a lot of his followers and seems to to imply that being the light of the world, being the winter fire for the unfortunate, is not only his job alone. He says famously in Matthew chapter 14... Or, sorry, Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. He says, You, speaking to his disciples, are the light of the world. People don't light a lamp and put it under a bowl, but they put it on a stand, and it gives light to the whole house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your deeds and glorify your Father who is in heaven. So Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And also now, if you are my followers, you are the light of the world. We get this picture of Jesus as the winter fire. And as we draw close to him, We not only feel his warmth and receive his comfort and become the enchanted ones, we also carry some of that flame away with us. And we can go warm the world. People who will never slip behind that curtain, who will never go behind that veil and worship at the manger, we can bring the winter fire, the light of the world, the warmth for the unfortunate, we can bring it to them. This is kind of what this season is about, isn't it? About generosity, not just of like material generosity, but generosity of spirit, goodwill, opening our hearts to others. And Jesus is inviting us saying that same winter fire, that light, that warmth, that place for the unfortunate to become the enchanted, you can carry that to others as well. And this is so important. You know why? Because a lot of us are going to go spend some time in the next few days with some people who are unfortunate, who are in need of a little winter fire, and a lot of them are in our families. And this is really important because we so often go into that time with certain expectations, right? I do. Um, Let me just confess. I go in with certain expectations for how the people I'm going to celebrate with should be. And I forget that I'm actually bringing in a winter fire for people who are never going to be as they quote unquote should be. And what happens? What happens if instead of expecting the warmth and generosity that I desire from others, I I receive it from Jesus and I bring it freely to people who might just need a little bit of comfort, who might need a little bit of enchantment, who might need a little bit of that light of life. This is so helpful for me to think about because um, I have so many misguided ideas about how to share the share the light. So often I think that it's my job to like make sure people are thinking and behaving correctly. I, I don't know about you guys, this is probably just me, but especially when it comes to my family. Anybody else? No? Okay, it's fine. It's just me. Uh so, so it's so easy to be like, well, we talked about this winter fire this morning and this like light of the world, and I really just picked that up from Jesus. So I'm gonna go into my family celebrations or my friends' celebrations or wherever I'm going or whoever I see on the street, I'm gonna go in and I'm gonna go into these interactions in the next few days and I'm gonna make sure that they they understand what i understand because it's the truth and it's really important that they understand it and what happens is instead of getting warmed and comforted and brought to life by our winter fire people get a little bit burned ever been there where you're like i'm trying to help But actually, so much, to be honest, let's be honest with ourselves for a moment. So much of what I call like universal, absolute truth is really my preferences, personality, and perhaps even personal words that Jesus has given to me that I've then universalized as right for everybody, right? Instead of bringing in this very humble, very, very comforting Very, very enlivening warmth and light that I've received from Jesus. And you know how I can tell? You know how I can tell if I'm bringing the actual light of Christ or just like my own rightness into a situation? I can tell because people are drawn to it. People are drawn to it. People are enchanted. Does your presence around the holidays and chant and draw others to the manger. What an interesting question. Does your presence around the holidays enchant and draw people to the winter fire in the manger? This is so important for me to think about because I do want to carry that light of the world and not just my own thing. There's another sense in which I think we're the light of the world. Because Jesus doesn't talk about this just in one place. He talks about it in a lot of places. So in Matthew 25, like 20 chapters later from where we just were, Jesus tells this story about these, these virgins who are holding vigil. And this was it's hard to uh, really understand this because it's such a far-off custom. But it was around um, wedding feasts. And these, these young women would, would sort of wait for the, the bridal procession, the groom, to the, the groom to arrive with the bride. Procession and they would wait with these lanterns, these lamps. And the story Jesus tells is about how some of these young women brought extra oil for their lamps and some didn't. And so some of the flames actually went out. And Jesus uses this as a warning to say, Hey, just take a look at your fire. How's your winter fire? How's your how's your inner flame doing? How's that light of life that burns within you? How how's it doing? Have you tended to it lately? And Jesus actually says in that same uh, spot in the gospel, a couple like another chapter later, he says that uh in the last days, which, by the way, that's just that's Bible speak for like after Jesus ascends and goes back to heaven, we are in the last days right now, and that's not me saying like oh the world's about to end. That's me saying that's what the Bible calls any time after Jesus has gone to he- gone back to heaven. So, uh, so th- in the last days, which would be now, right? We're part of that. Who knows how how long or short that will last? Who knows? But. Uh, Jesus says, in those last days, uh, there will be terrible times and the love of many will grow cold. And he, he sort of takes this image of these flames just starting to shrink and sputter and go out at the bridal procession. And, and he says, that's going to happen to a lot of people's love. And so he says very clearly, he says, so keep watch, stay on your guard. Because we don't know what's coming or, or what, when Jesus might return, when the bridegroom might arrive. So he says, keep your love burning. Keep your love burning. So let me ask you this. The, um, there, there are difficult times in these days, like Jesus promised, he says, the love of many will grow cold. So let me just ask, like, what's the temperature of your love these days? Where's that at for you? Has it, has it continued to burn bright within you? Is it the sort of thing that people gather around to warm their cold fingers on these winter nights? Is it the sort of thing that, yes, even your families and your difficult neighbors want to draw close to to receive some of the warmth of this winter fire, Jesus. And, you know, so often I think we, we uh, hear these words and we think about ourselves as the light of the world, and that can be our big takeaway from, like, the message of the Sunday morning, right? We're like, we're like wow, I really heard this sermon this morning about just how terrible I am at being the light of the world. That's not the point. Because Jesus is our winter fire. And if our love is growing cold, or if our own winter fire tends to burn people and drive them away instead of draw them in towards the manger, then all we need do is return like L'Enchante, empty handed, I got nothing. But I'd like to kneel at the manger for a bit. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. I've got no provisions. I don't even have good advice. In fact, I, I'm here empty-handed, and it's actually my own fault. Like, I forgot everybody else showed up with something, and here am I, like a dum-dum with nothing. But what happens in that place if I just draw near to Jesus if I just allow myself to be enchanted, if I allow myself to be warmed by this winter fire, maybe I can carry some of that away and my love will warm others and perhaps my own inner fire of love will not grow cold, but will be reignited. This is why the carol says, come, let us adore him. He doesn't need it, but it's really good for us. It's really good for us to duck behind that curtain, kneel at the manger, and become re-enchanted. So as we go about our day and our, maybe our evening or tomorrow with our friends or family, or perhaps you're spending a lot of this time of year alone, I encourage all of us, myself included, to find the space quietly in the middle of a chaotic celebration, or perhaps even like go get some solitary time, I don't know. To go duck behind that veil and just be with Jesus and to ask Him Jesus, you are the light of the world, you are this winter fire. Would you reignite my love for you and for others and help me to carry this winter fire for the unfortunate to all the people I might encounter? That's my prayer for all of us. Let me pray. Jesus, we love you. You are the winter fire for everyone who shows up empty-handed. Jesus, would you re-enchant us? Would you teach us again for minutes at a time just to kneel, to get lost in adoration? And would you help us to bring that fire, that flame, that love to the world around us, to our families, to our neighbors, to our friends? Would you help us, as you are the light of the world, to become the light of the world ourselves? And Jesus, most of all, would you draw us in? And would you be with those who really are experiencing a season of emptiness, of showing up empty-handed? of being the unfortunate, would you be their winter fire? And would you help us to carry that love to them as well? Help us, Jesus. Help us to see you, to look beyond ourselves and to see you, and so to see others. We love you. Amen.
1: shall he break, for the slave is our brother, and in his name all oppression shall cease. Sweet hymns of joy.